0: Hello Doug! Hello Karen. how are you? Whew. Yeah, that sums it up. no yeah. <laughs> it's been a
1: time, hasn't it?
0: I mean yes. And what is time? you know I don't really know. We
1: don't even know anymore. Oh boy, season six episode five desperately. No no no, anymore. it's
0: episode four. No it's episode five. Are you sure? I'm positive. Yeah, You're right. right. It is episode five. (laughs) All right, I retract, listeners. I was wrong. Yes.
1: (laughs) I mean, usually I get the seasons wrong, but not (laughs) the episodes. Oh, what's to say? I kind of don't remember this. Again, we have an episode that wasn't bad, but wasn't great either.
0: This is what I fear we're just going to keep coming up against, is that it's just a different show. It's just every week, it's not, It's fine. It floats. It doesn't really sink. It's just not the old Melrose. The writing is different. The cast is largely different. Um, It's a different vibe.
1: Yeah, it's. and we're still getting, like, I'm still getting that strong daytime soap vibe.
0: Yeah, it's still there. Definitely <laughs> still there.
1: Yeah, still there. So where do you want to
0: start? I mean... I think we can actually start with Amanda, which is, you know, how um, the episode begins.
1: Okay, let's, let's do that.
0: So we got the leopard sheets again. We wake up. Amanda's in bed. Um, and Kyle is not there. So Amanda, like, puts on her robe, and she starts walking around the courtyard looking for Kyle. While she's outside, she sees Billy, who basically... Says, uh, have you seen Sam? And she's like, no, I don't have time for this and I don't care. More or less. Um, And goes to Kyle's apartment, who's there, and he's like acting totally normal. He's like, yeah, I woke up early and decided I had stuff to do. Do you want some coffee? And they have like a petty, like half passive aggressive, half aggressive sort of like words with each other. And there's going to be, A ribbon cutting ceremony for the rapidly uh, risen Amanda Woodward advertising uh, later that day. Um, And she like assures him that she will see him there. And in spite of like whatever Kyle's worried about, she only has eyes for him. So, um, fine. Um, We go to the ribbon cutting ceremony, and Eric Baines is there. um, And he gives this like mostly glowing tribute to Amanda, and although he calls her beautifully ruthless, which is, like, from a true, like, outsider watching the show, kind of a spot-on description of her, but if you're, like, trying to, like, you know, sing her praises to the people that work for her, maybe not the words I would use, but...
1: Yeah, it's not that they're not I- wooing words, for sure. No.
0: But he also says that he knew her eight years ago. Like, you're telling us that she started her very first job in advertising yes. in eight years ago, <laughs> and wowed him so much in about five minutes before she came to LA because we've known her for five years. Five years,
1: yeah. But so she was basically three years career. before three years before Melrose started. She was a lowly assistant in New York, and Great. remember, in between being the lowly assistant in New York, she had to go to fo- go to Florida. Marry that crazy guy, crazy mafia guy. Kill Can't, him. You
0: know the show does not remember that.
1: And then go to go to Los Angeles.
0: You know the show does not remember their own stories anymore. I know there is no Parisi's past. I know. Um, and then I think the next time we see her is at Kyle's or the upstairs because they're trying out bands, yeah, so, jazz bands. Um, and, oh, I guess I shouldn't have had us start with this, because this does connect to some of the other stuff that's happening.
1: Should we just, uh, okay, so maybe we should back burner that pause for a minute and just go yeah. into Samantha and get that over with?
0: Yeah, we should, because the show seems to think it's a storyline that people care about, and I'm of the opinion that no one does.
1: Well, I certainly don't. I mean, basically, um... Sam's gone missing.
0: Yeah. Also, the title of this episode, I think because I interrupted to correct you and be wrong, is called <laughs> Desperately Seeking Samantha. Like, like Billy's big quest to find his runaway love is really going to dominate the episode. Right. Um, and I think they even end the episode with this, if I remember. So, like, they really think this is a bigger deal than it is. But... It- back-
1: uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: yes, listeners, that is exactly how Karen feels about this storyline, and so should you. Oh,
1: I mean, what's to say? I mean, Samantha's missing. Let her let let her go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't go! Don't go. Just let her go. But yeah. again, she. I mean, she ran away because she was upset that Billy didn't propose. A proposed to her, and then like B accept her proposal, which was like, I'm telling you I'm ready for you to propose to me, and he was like, okay, not yet. Again, minutes after, she has lied to him about her ex-con dad and depleted his funds, just saying. If she was the one who wants to run away, let her go.
1: Yeah, and crashed the car, and has been nice to Craig, and spilled the beans about Amanda
0: sabotaged. (laughs) Yeah, like, take over.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, she hasn't exactly been trustworthy. No. mm -mm. yeah, so now she's mad um, because Billy doesn't want to marry her and so she's taken off and Billy is now looking for her and so he calls her mom in Maryland and the mom is like, no, I don't know where she is and if I did, I wouldn't tell you anyway. Dead giveaway that Sam is in Maryland. She's
0: right there. Yeah. Dead
1: giveaway. Um, And you know, Billy's no fool. Well,
0: he's a fool, but he's not that dumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so he basically tells, uh you know, at the ribbon cutting, or, or no, it was after the ribbon cutting, Amanda's in the office and he tells
0: her, I, I got to take some
1: personal time. Yeah. And it's like, it's, he's, it's he's literally his first to... day
0: at the yeah. new company. And she's <laughs> like, Yeah, we're going to all be pulling all nighters for the next few days. He's like, Okay. So I'm using my vacation time right now to look for Samantha. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, he is the new Allison.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he keep taking all this time off and not do his job. And she's like, you've got 72 hours or you're fired. Um. So off he goes to uh, to crab land. And it is like they are just driving home the Maryland crab thing.
0: Yeah, they yeah, they couldn't do any more than like actually have crabs come up to the screen.
1: I mean, yeah, like we should be watching SpongeBob starring Mr. Krabs. I mean, this is like crab, like like her mom owns like a crab shack, but it's not even like a shack, like not a. It's like it actually looks like quite a big place on the water, which oh, right on the water too. You know? yeah. yeah, So I'm kind of like, how can Sam sit there and say she's poor because a place like that probably makes Boku bucks in the winter. I mean, in the and-
0: Seems like it's been around for a very long time. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it depends what the dad did to like deplete their funds, but yeah, some like she, her little poor bumpkin act doesn't really jive.
1: No, it doesn't. So anyway, um, I guess where where can we where do we where do we pick up here?
0: Um, well, he so- comes to the cafe. Also, it's not really a desperate search because he makes one phone call gets on the plane and finds her. Just saying.
1: Yeah, and I guess it was sort of like that cute thing where he's, like, hiding behind a menu, and she comes over to take his order, and he, like, drops the he realizes, menu. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah, And he pulls the whole I love you, come back with me, and then, um, but then the mom is like, get out of here.
0: Yeah, she's like, I reserve the right to serve who I want, and she throws them out.
1: Yeah, and so and Sam like looks. I don't know. I mean, she's a bad actor.
0: I'm sorry. Right. She's just like yeah. she
1: looks like she just looked not right.
0: Yeah, she's just always lost. Yeah, what she's yeah. doing as a result just can't communicate anything.
1: So I guess Sam goes, uh, I guess it's the next day. Um, Sam goes to the docks with the the cook at the restaurant to pick up crabs.
0: Yeah, I want to say his name is Ernie. We find out early on because Sam's like reunited with him. And um, I think I might have made that name up. But we can call him Ernie for the purposes of, of this episode.
1: Okay. And guess who's there? It's Billy. Our,
0: the, the newest crabber in town, the Billy.
1: Newest- And he's all wet, because he fell off the dock.
0: He fell in.
1: (laughs) Like, what the fuck? They didn't need to do that.
0: No. No, Billy could just... And who would hire him? What's your resume? Oh, you drove a cab and worked for an ad agency? Sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, come on over, you know? Come on over and work here. And he, like, fell in the water, and he's like... I mean, the whole thing was just stupid. He couldn't just be at the dock to meet her, because that's where where she was going to be. Um... Anyway, so that was stupid. And, um, but it does give him time to have a, a moment with Ernie while Sam's paying for the cooler full of crabs um, to sort of get a little backstory bet- about the mom.
0: Right, yeah, which is basically that, like, she wants Sam to stay here. And if she's able to protect Sam, it's her second chance at the the protection she wasn't able to give with the the dumbass criminal father
1: yeah it's like her do over yeah. which seems like a really 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 weak plot line but okay we'll just go with it right because at least it's a plot line
0: uh, I, I basically yeah yeah sure yeah. that's we'll yeah. take it because that's all they're giving us right
1: um so that I guess it's that later that night um well I
0: know it's within seventy two hours. That's, <laughs> or that's or probably, just, uh,
1: probably later that hard. night, yeah. <laughs> um, he, Billy goes back to the restaurant, Kate, uh, Kate, the mom is cleaning Please. up, and, um, and I don't know, Billy just kind of is like, I under like, I don't know, he just talks shit, and he's basically like, I understand what you're doing, but I want her to come back to LA, I love her, or something like that, and, um, Sam's mom points a shotgun at him and tells him to leave. Yeah,
0: she takes a shotgun and and points it right at Billy.
1: Yeah, I was kind of like, well, this is like a little shocking and over the top, and we don't need a shotgun here.
0: No, but I wasn't so upset about the fact that a gun was pointed at Billy. I just just think it's a missed opportunity, because (laughs) with other guys, she doesn't fire.
1: And does Sam walk in on this now? I don't remember. Or do we just end with that?
0: I think Sam is there but she doesn't do anything if she does so maybe she's not.
1: Okay cuz I don't I honestly don't remember. I guess not. at this point or no, if because or if just I, I, I guess if
0: Sam were there she would actually have to make a move of her own and I don't think that happens. So I think it's just the mom.
1: Right. Just
0: Kate for silly.
1: All right. So that's kind of the cliffy for there for for there and I don't care. It's the Cliffy and I don't care. Like, they can just stay in Maryland. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's not... There's not enough writing on this story to have that be where this episode ends.
1: I have a question, too. Where do you think they filmed that?
0: Um, Like, Catalina? Like, somewhere in, still in L.A.
1: You think it was still in... Like, because it was really weird because I could have sworn in the parking lot I saw a main license plate on one of the cars. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, "That's weird. Maybe they just needed cars, and they didn't, ca- you know, and they didn't care about the license plates. Like, you know, they're just cars from the whatever spare car lot, you know, that they have in the studios."
0: I mean, I can't believe that they planned and budgeted to film any part of that storyline on location on the East Coast anywhere. But stranger things have happened.
1: I know stranger things have happened, but I could have sworn I saw a main license plate. But anyway. That's that. Who cares? And that was
0: that. That was that was our titular storyline for the episode. Yes. Nobody cares. No one cares.
1: And I guess the other one would be Craig because that was another one that was kind of standalone.
0: A, yeah. I mean, I think Peter is also standalone here. Oh, um, was
1: Peter, did Peter even have a moment in this? I don't even he's know in this.
0: Part. He's in this episode. Yeah. They they move him along ever so slightly. Uh, so let's do that quickly. Yeah, Craig. So yeah. um, at the end of last week, so Peter met Lexi last week not realizing, they neither realized who the other one was. Um, and she is Coop's soon-to-be ex-wife, who he's we've only heard terrible things about. So at the end, they finally realize when they're both in the same office with Coop, Peter goes to Lexi's. This episode, they wake up together, um, and they both say they have no regrets, but they're still keeping it a secret until all the financials are finalized. And Peter's like, I shouldn't, it's not my business, I shouldn't say anything, but, you know, Coop says you're really trying to bleed him dry, and she's she basically gives us her backstory. She's rich, she put Coop, Coop through med school, and then he fell in love with someone else, and this is the only sort of justice she can get, which, okay, I am, Jamie Lunar is sort of an odd fit for the show. Because she, it's not quite or not just that. She's not great here. But it's like a different kind of not great than the other people who aren't great. I don't know. I can't articulate it better than that until I think I rewatch a few more of the episodes. And maybe you disagree. But but she's like, she's like entering a show having done other mid-90s soaps and everyone else is like well we tried to do other things and ended up at Melrose it's like a different kind of approach to the same kind of writing here you know like she brings a different energy than say Alyssa Milano or Lisa Rinna and it's a different energy than Heather Locklear she is not Brooke Langton so so at least there's that
1: yeah but um yeah, you know what? When you think, when I'm thinking about her now and that character, and and also what they're doing with her, it's all in that very soft focus. Like that, that's is. the only way that I can it, it. To describe it. Whereas, like you know, Alyssa Milano, Amanda, um, Lisa Renna, like they all—they're all women with edge. And yeah, they—they're
0: all driving their scenes. Yeah, she's very static. Not really passive, but static.
1: Yeah, and she, and there's a lot of sort of like an undercurrent of melodrama there, mm-hmm. rather than driving force, if that makes sense. Like, I think I get what you're getting at. I'm just having a hard time articulating what it is exactly. No,
0: and I, but I think you have articulated it well. And it's just, uh, we just don't get enough of her to say more, Yeah, really.
1: And I don't think that she's, I don't know that it's her. I think
0: it's the writing. Well, the writing is bad and they're they're like trying to do something with her that i don't know if they've done on the show with any other characters as they've introduced them like they're trying to make her mysterious they're trying to make her sympathetic but they're also like shoving her right into the center of action for two of our remaining like four leading men on the show and yet it all feels very kind of remote it still feels very peripheral and i'm like this should be a front burner kind of storyline for, to have this few people on the show again. I guess we have, what, like, five women and five men, and this is, like, three of them are all together, and it's all, like, who cares right now? Right, right. And I guess,
1: I don't know, I I guess it's also, I don't know, I kind of feel like the way that they've written her, is it's so obviously different from the way that, I mean, with the exception of last week's uh, monologue by Alyssa Milano that was just like a time waster. Like the way that they've written her and the storyline that they've given her does feel very daytime soap. Yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely that. Definitely that gauzy thing that I Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that sort of, you know, she lets out that she was betrayed by her husband, he cheated, he fell in love with somebody else. We of course know it's Kimberly, um but nobody else does except for obviously her, um and Coop, but you know, we're we're kind of the only ones with that knowledge. So um, so there's going to be more where that came from, but um but yeah, anyway. Oh, I, I was I was kind of happy that that wasn't given much time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's only one other scene where Lexi is again fighting with Coop at work, and Coop tells her that he's broke. And I don't think anything really comes from that other than that Coop says that. Yeah. Other than, like, Peter just looks more and more like Howdy Doody every episode this season. Yeah. Between, like, the suits, <laughs> the ties, the hair, all that.
1: The, the suspenders...
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, how can I leave those out? Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right, moving on.
0: All right, so now let's go to Craig's.
1: Yes, poor Because Craig. you
0: know who else is at Craig's? Sid's dad.
1: It came out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> and, and yet, I feel like I knew this was coming back then. I mean, it was like, there's going to be, this is something, this is going to be a problem here. Because... Craig has, at least physically, moved on. So so Sid's dad is in town, and he knocks on Craig's door, and Craig is, you know, awkward. Um, and he invites him in, and they're talking, and, and Sid's father is talking about, you know, like how he's trying to move on with his life and how he thinks well, Sid would want Craig to move on. And then, of course... Jennifer comes waltzing out of the bedroom, you know, wearing like Craig's shirt and undies. and it's clear that, like they've spent a the night together. So of course, Sid's father is pissed off. And it's just like Jennifer had to know he was talking to someone. So we should have had a scene of her in the room making a choice to come out or or giving us a reason why she couldn't have heard Craig talking to another voice in the other room and still and, and coming out. Because it's like, you, you had to know. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, Sid's father is in town, for, Mr. Andrews, I guess I should call him, is in town for business for a couple more days. Um. And so Jennifer realizes she has to do something to make this better for Craig, because he's really wallowing. Um, and uh, floundering. And so... she's somehow able to get through to Mr. Andrews and be like, look, Craig is the shell of a person and and he's just trying to move on with his life and shouldn't we all be doing that or something to, to that effect. And it's enough for Mr. Andrews to reconsider. And then he comes back to Craig's and he says, you know, we got a check for Sydney's life insurance. I mean, I'm not sure on what policy because was this at Sky High Advertising? Or was she like 30 years old and still on her parents' insurance? I don't really know. Um, but again, I don't know if insurance is something that the people that were writing this then even uh, had much uh, insight into. I don't know. Don't know. Um, he gives Craig Sydney's life insurance check, which I guess is sizable. Uh, and he goes, It's time for both of us to move on with their lives, which is essentially, you will never see my face again on the show. And also, I forgive you, go forth. And Jennifer is able to look down and see all this from her apartment window, which again is Sid's old apartment.
1: It used to be her apartment.
0: Yes. And I'm not really sure that, like, I mean, I guess I guess you could see from there. Um, so Jennifer, this is all part of, I guess, the plan that she had alluded to a couple episodes back when she first spent the night with Craig. And she's like, He's going to do great things. He's going to be rich. He's going to be a billionaire, and I'm going to marry him. And this is her with like planting her fingers like right in there. Um, and so she, he tells her that he got the check, and she's like, And now what are you going to do? What's your big venture going to be? And he goes, Nothing. Now I'm a man of leisure. And <laughs> this is not the man that Jennifer. <laughs>
1: I mean, how much money could that have possibly been, that he can be a man of leisure? I
0: mean, it's got to be, like, less money than what he'd been accustomed to growing up with his whole life before.
1: I would think, because he was pretty wealthy. Yeah. He lived in that crazy house that Brooke lived in.
0: You know, if Sid knew how much she'd be worth in death, she would have tried faking her actual death season. three. All
1: right. Can we just talk about how Mr. Andrews... Okay, first of all, how did Craig even know who Mr. Andrews was? They weren't at the wedding.
0: No, but they do mention in the season premiere, Craig flew Sydney's body home to Chicago, and they actually buried her there.
1: Oh, right. So I guess that's where they met. Also curious, no mention of Jane.
0: Never a mention of Jane in all the dead Sid talk.
1: Except when... Um, Jennifer came out and Mr. Mancini's like, why do I know you? And she's like, I'm Michael's sister. We yeah. met at the wedding. <laughs> but I don't even think they, they said Jane's wedding. you
0: know. No, I don't think so at all. She's just like, I was really young and I spilled cake on you.
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> and you can see he's like, you know, he has no time for the Mancinis.
0: No, the yeah,
1: you
0: know, yeah, acid yeah. on a fire, yeah, yeah,
1: so so that was kind of that that part of the story. Like I was kind of head scratching at that one because I was like, but wait, they weren't at the wedding. Um, and it, right. but I, I had mean, forgotten that he had brought the body back to
0: Chicago. I mean, presumably, at some point, maybe Sid showed Craig photos of her parents in the five minutes they were engaged. but, yeah, they did meet once, and it was off camera. It was after Sid had been killed.
1: It just felt like when they were having that whole exchange, I was so confused because I was like, I didn't think they were at the wedding. But there were other things that were said, too, that made me feel like maybe they were at the wedding, but maybe not. It was all
0: very odd. The one that we saw, the wedding that we saw?
1: Yeah, the wedding that she died at.
0: No, they definitely said in the finale before the wedding that Jane and her parents couldn't come. Okay. Which, like, why would they? Because right. it, you're doing this in five, like, five, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, it was a quick one.
1: All right, well, whatever. Moving yeah, on. Basically. He's, he's a man of leisure now. Amanda doesn't have anything to worry about. Her competition has been squashed.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: basically. So, thanks to said.
0: Good, good, good luck, Jennifer. Yeah, thanks to Dead Sid.
1: Thanks to Dead Sid. Moving on.
0: We move on. Uh, so megan and michael and taylor oh, dear. um uh, so jennifer at one point is talking to megan about what has just happened with uh craig and mr andrews and megan is like still waffling on michael she's like he was romantic but then it was weird and i don't know i'm really mixed on michael and it's it's really stupid um and then michael is at home uh reading a. Uh, one of those self-help books, I couldn't get the full title. It was like marriage, heart, mind, and something. But I don't, I didn't get what the other thing was. So I guess I may never know the secret to a good marriage, but uh, I don't know that I'm going to this show for advice in that regard. Anyhow. Um, So, you know how Taylor has been sleeping with Michael a lot and is already convinced that she felt him put a baby in her? She comes back and just wants one more time in the sack. Like because Michael's no, that good. For no other reason. Like there's there's not like, oh, Michael like took a pregnancy test and it turns out I was wrong. It's not it's not like Michael, uh, I I I just really like she what I'm getting at is this could be a slightly better storyline if there was an actual plot reason for Taylor to come back, be aggressive and sloppy about needing to sleep with Michael again. Because it doesn't seem like like the sex is really doing anything for her otherwise. And if there right. is, she's not letting on. But here she is. She wants one more show. The, well, the note that I actually wrote was this story should be fun, but has no teeth. Mm. So so take that as you will. Um and the other thing that I thought is if Taylor had any sort of relationship with Megan, this would also be a better storyline. Because as it is, it's Taylor, who is single, um, knocking on Michael's door, and Michael, who is married, and she's just saying, Michael, sleep with me. But, But Taylor knows who the wife is. If they had some sort of working relationship or passing friendship even, but they don't have any of that. Like, there's nothing to violate. So there's something less dramatically fruitful there. All we have is megan i mean taylor and michael are having sex again and wouldn't you know it after somehow fooling megan all these other times now megan comes home and walks in on both of them so she's gone for good she's walking out the door and michael decides well now i have to tell megan everything everything being why taylor was sleeping with michael in the first place which was to get her pregnant so she could convince Kyle that this baby conceived 18 months after the last time she was with <laughs> Kyle. <is> really- <laughs> so then Taylor ups the ante again. Taylor, who was already blackmailing Michael in the first place because of the Peter stuff. Right. And she's like, she'll black, she'll tell Megan everything. Things that Michael said, going back to being when Megan was a prostitute and we've never seen Michael say these things. And we've never, like, known Michael to actually be the person to think them. Um, so it's not clear if he actually said these things or if Taylor is just... She's found a weak spot and she's exploiting it and she's just made this stuff up but thinks that it's enough to permanently damage Megan and Michael. Is that what you thought it was? Or do you think this was stuff Michael could have just told Taylor?
1: Oh, God. I don't know. I mean... The, I, I... I mean, the whole thing just seems ludicrous, just in general, because it's kind of like at this point, at this point, okay, this this the the truth is ludicrous, um, the bullshit that they are trying to make up is ludicrous. Um, the whole thing makes no the, the whole thing is ludicrous, and all I kept thinking was, uh, yeah, Megan, just run, yeah, just go, just go.
0: Yeah, I mean don't look back. Like it's yeah. just a mess at this point. Yeah. And like now you're now you're a normal working citizen. Like you're in the world, like just be free. I mean, the
1: only the only thing about like how Michael you know basically told Taylor like you need to tell her that you drugged me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like they have that whole exchange. Um and and Taylor going to Megan and telling her, oh, it was I, I'm a I'm I'm you know I'm just a sexaholic and you know and and it was my fault and and I drugged him and she says you know and Megan Megan was like I was like go girl you should be a lawyer because she just started like yeah she gets intestines. yeah
0: yeah so so first Michael goes to Megan and there's like a cute scene where he calls her and like. She ignores the call, but he's actually right outside Jennifer's apartment where Megan is, so he just lets himself in oh, to plead with her to take her yeah. back. And that yeah, so he yeah. says that Taylor drugged him, and she's not having it. She gives him his ring back. Um, and so then Taylor comes to Michael uh, at the hospital. Um, and she she's so desperate she asks him to fake his pregnancy test results. So what has upped the ante here, I believe, is um, because Jennifer was with Megan when Megan gave Michael the ring back. Jennifer has told Kyle and Amanda that, um, excuse me, Taylor and Michael were actually having an affair. And so Amanda's like, I knew it. She's been lying. It's fake all along. So that drives Taylor to then tell Michael, like, I need you to fake uh, my pregnancy test. Again, it wouldn't be the first time Michael has like fake results on something. Um, and so then Michael says, if you tell Megan the quote unquote truth about what happened, I'll do it. It's like a, a gross prid, quid pro quo between the two of them. So this is the scene you were talking to. Yes. Taylor goes to Megan and she goes, I'm compulsive. And it's like, it's kind of funny. You know, she's like, I have something. It's like sex epilepsy. Um, <laughs> and, and she's like, I drugged I drugged Michael. And she's like, and then Megan's like, oh, you mean you used the same drugs you had left over from when you were drugging Peter last year, right? And and Tara's like, yeah, yeah, that's it exactly. And Megan's like, that's impossible because the drugs that you gave Peter were downers. And those would be the opposite of what you gave Michael. Um <laughs> So, so Megan's definitely smartening up. And then she slaps Taylor.
1: Yeah, which was a nice touch. Yeah.
0: Um, again, would resonate more if there was, like, something to lose in a Megan-Taylor relationship. Like, they basically just not really intersected. Um.
1: I guess I mean, but we've I think we've talked about this before. Like for some reason, they have given Taylor no female okay. allies, yeah, and and which is I think problematic for the likability of the
0: character. It certainly is. I mean, they have her like a machine here. Yeah, yeah. Just, and actually, yeah.
1: come to think of it, she has like no allies.
0: No, she has none.
1: You know, it's not essentially, even. Like
0: has, essentially, you know, Michael is her one ally.
1: Yeah, but even then, it's like an ally for blackmail,
0: right? Well, it was cute last year when they were conniving together against Peter because they were like yeah. they're like similarly wired, yeah. Um, but but now the writers have pushed this too far.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, oh no, there's more. Right with Megan.
0: So uh, at the upstairs. Yes. Right. Um, So there's uh, a lot more that happens with Eric. And it, uh, it, you know, it hits both Amanda and Megan. Um, Amanda at one point excuses herself from Kyle and says, I have to go meet up with Eric. Um, She's in his hotel room. um, And she convinces him that there's nothing between them. There's nothing romantic. There never will be. And he agrees. He goes, yes, I know. There's nothing there. Uh, he does get another insult in at Kyle. Uh, he invites her to dinner, and, and she declines. Um, and after he leaves, he changes his, his room service order because he had planned on her coming over and staying over. Um, so he changes the order so that it's just for one and cancels the champagne. But he does come to the upstairs when this big band that has been hired is playing. I guess it's the first night, so it's an event. At the upstairs. And I actually think the little bit of the jazz that we hear is good. Like maybe even a little bit better than I would have expected for this show.
1: Yeah, I mean if you like smooth jazz, yeah, it's it's pretty good. (laughs) But it is smooth jazz. I think
0: it's very swingers, it's very sort of, of its time. Um and so Megan sees Eric kind of like across the room. Um Michael comes to apologize to Megan, but it very rapidly decelerates. uh, And he's bringing up her hooker past again. uh, And then, like, he makes a scene, uh, and both Eric and Kyle uh, come to Megan's defense. But ultimately, Eric is the one who sort of sticks around uh, and flirts a little with Megan and says that he once went to jail for, for bad checks when he was a kid. I mean, I don't know how old or how young you are when you're forging checks or whatever but um there seems to be a vibe between Eric and Megan.
1: Yes, and Kyle is enjoying the vibe. Yeah, yes, he is. Kyle is grateful for the vibe. So, um yeah, that's pretty much how they wrap that uh, that up. That so I think we we did it.
0: We did. I mean, yeah, we've covered we've covered the block.
1: God. Again, not terrible, but not good.
0: That's right. You know, there are, at least, there are stories that are connecting, um, but they feel a little bit forced, and they also feel like they're not pushing as much as they could on some of the fun buttons. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, the Billy storyline is the worst one, but I really dislike the Craig one, too.
1: Yeah, and that one, well, also, that just isn't going anywhere. Where the fuck is that going?
0: It, It isn't. It is not.
1: You know, and, and no matter what they write it, there just isn't enough there to even propel it forward. Like, even even Jennifer, like, kind of want to dig her claws into him because she thinks he's going to be some sort of success. Uh, even that doesn't feel right. Because, again, it was just yeah. built on too quickly. You know, I mean, she, like, planted a kiss on him at the wedding, and you knew yeah. that they were going in that direction the minute that car hit Sid, um, you know that Jennifer was going to be the one to step in. Um but they they've given us no good reason for that. And looking at at Craig like a sugar daddy isn't a good enough reason.
0: Yeah, and it's you know like cute doesn't cut it, but it's not even cute. It's just like okay, fine. Yeah. This is, this is what you say, okay, fine, move on. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, and so again, and be, you know, and I'm cutting, I'm actually cutting that storyline a lot of slack because I really like Alyssa Milano. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can't say that, you know, she's acting up a storm here, but I think that she does what she needs to do and she does it really well. And she's a lot of fun and she brings a lot of energy.
0: She does and she is. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: She brings a lot of energy to a cast that, quite frankly... I'm not feeling energy from much of them.
0: No, that's a fair assessment.
1: You know, it's it, it feels... The, they all feel a little draggy. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe with the exception of uh, Rinna, too. Who I think yeah, is just always happy ha- to be in the room, you know?
0: Yeah, I think she's having more fun this season, maybe, than she was even when she joined.
1: Yeah, p- p- po- very much possibly. Because, you know, she's kind of like has these kind of wackadoo storylines of like i want i gotta go get pregnant and stuff like yeah. that again
0: um, something to keep in mind and that might affect the writing and the acting is that they were filling these in rapid succession around uh, heather Locklear's pregnancy so they i think they barely had a summer hiatus before they were filming and they were doubling up like two a week so they don't have a lot of time to put any of this together uh, and that's probably worth mentioning as we analyze it twenty-five years later on. Right.
1: Although I don't think that that explains the tired cast. I mean, I think it does, but I think the low—it uh, it would explain that they're tired. But I think the low energy is just. I think they from, would
0: bring the low energy. Yeah, yeah.
1: I just think the low energy I is there. So.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's sort of like the sign that the that the show has been maybe around too long.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. So so um so i think you know Alyssa milano is definitely a bright spot in all of this but you know they're they're not they're not giving her enough or they're trying to or they know they're not giving her enough so they're trying to force whatever it is that they are giving her and to make it bigger than what it is
0: i also think the flip side they're doing they're trying to do too much with her and spreading her too thin
1: Oh, yeah, because she's poking her nose in with Megan and Michael, she's poking her nose in with Kyle and Amanda, she's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're
0: right. And she kind of has to be a different person in each of those threads. Because in one, she's like the optimistic sounding board, and in one, she's, you know, like, like a real... Kind of Yenta, and in another one, she's a big aggressor, you know, right. and a gold digger, and it's like they—they they don't all jive, right, right. Yeah, okay, I and, agree. I,
1: and like, is she still mad at Amanda and Kyle? Because that seems to now she seems to be over that.
0: She seem like I think she likes messing with Amanda, um, and, but the Kyle thing is just like she's forgiven him. She just likes being tied to him
1: right it's all weird but yeah. anyway
0: let's go to Hollywood Boulevard yeah I think um, we've just said all we can say so for those of you listening happy Mother's Day and um, we'll see you on the boulevard All right, take care you. till then see you over there